This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station 77 WABC. Dinner at eight. I'm starving. She loves the theater, but she never comes late. I never bother with people that I hate. That's why this chick is a tram. <laughs> now you notice the rendition here is uh, spans two generations. Tony Bennett, the Astoria kid, uh, Anthony Weiner. And Lady Gaga, who is like uh, the heartthrob of hipsters and millennials, who has her little monsters out there, many of them transgenders. So you got the merging of the two, which I'm going to uh, apply to Astoria now. But before we do that, uh, do I bring the hamantashen for you and your son, Jordan? I see you sitting shiver for the loss of the Islanders. It's bad, right? It is. It is bad. It's bad when you're 11. I don't know if you can remember, like... When you're that age, it takes you a long time to bounce back from these things. They seem like so because it's a, it's a function of how much you think is at stake. Like at this age, all right, we can move on. I'm not going to cry for these millionaires and billionaires, whatever it is. But Jordan, yeah, it was tough and tough way to go down too. There, there is no ending in sports quite like sudden death in hockey. Yeah, but uh, you being a Mets fan, you were used to it growing up. That's every true. Year the, the destruction, you know, basement birth. Uh, We'll get them next year, spring training. and Jets the same way, yep, for sure. Exactly. So for you, sure. You, you, uh, you basically had to have a hard enamel on the outside because you were so used to losing. Yeah, just tell Jordan, hey, it's in our DNA. So. Yes, we are. That's right. It's in our DNA. But also, uh, the rain out here, uh, what have we done? Is this one of the plagues uh, that has been... Uh, thrown at us uh, do we all have to build noah's ark i mean the rain it is, is endless it, it is bad i think it shortened the fairy hawks game last night um and i and also the other thing that's happening you know i i like to bike around it, it, the street they're starting to close streets for parades i think the greek parade is i think tomorrow tomorrow, tomorrow. so they're starting to close streets for parades so it's it's yeah it's a pretty dismal day this is a good day for radio yeah well the Sikhs were supposed to have their parade today obviously that got washed out Although we'll see uh, hardcore Greeks if they show up tomorrow. I'll certainly be there for the um, annual uh, Greek Independence Day Parade. It's been sponsored by John and Margot for eons. Yep. Uh, we kick off. Uh, I'm meeting at 12. Uh, I would suggest everybody start meeting early. Uh, this now, they w- used to do a breakfast in advance at the 
at the plaza. I don't know if they do that anymore. They used to I, I do like know. I never get invited. It was to like these every every powerful Greek in town was there. I yeah. never get invited to these things. <laughs> I, I only get invited to be in the parades and a march with the guardian angels. Now the weather forecast is a bit dismal. Not quite what we see today. You won't need Noah's Ark to get up Fifth Avenue. But you know how these parades are. If you can march, they march. Yep, for sure. Even if nobody shows up on the sidelines, you march. And you, Anthony Weiner, coming from the school of Chuck Schumer, you showed up at every parade. Well, the parade, so there are a couple of parades that were notable in that we talked about the Rockaway Parade, which is so early. It's one of the first ones that goes on. It's always, you know, it's always 10 or 15 degrees cooler down there anyway because of the ocean and bay breezes that come off. Um, but sometimes they'll have these things in a summer rainstorm. Most of the parades are in the summertime and you'll have these drenching some, but the, the participants are always, they're ready to go. And, uh, so the parade season has started again. So if you're thinking of driving in the city, take mass transit, take mass transit where you'll be well protected. Maybe not by the city of New York, but the Red Berets, the, the uh, the Curtis Sliwa's Guardian Angels will be down there. To now, look out now for you. you used to hit every parade. There could be a, a parade of uh, of uh, people from uh, Lithuania, yes. Slovenia. You were there. You were walking. I was around. the honorary ambassador of the Kajurkistan parade. You yes. see that Kajurkistan, uh, <laughs> Uzbekistan, Kajikistan, all the stands, <laughs> right? But I I would always see you at these parades. Yeah. And uh, the guy who mentored you, Chuck Schumer, likewise, sometimes you'd only have one aide with you holding up a sign, and it would be pointing a finger down, your U.S. <laughs> Congressman Anthony Weiner or exactly. your U.S. Senator Chuck Schumer, and you would steal the attention of the break because all the other politicals, they'd be crunched together, they'd right. be nobody would be able to see them or pick them out of a crowd. And so you use the Chuck Schumer philosophy. But I, but that, and they would close down the major north-south thoroughfares. But I have a question for you. What about these street fairs with the sausage and the, the tchotchkes for sale that are also part of the summer? I mean, I always believe that those things should be on side streets to not tie up the main boulevards of the city with these street fairs. They're all over the place. Oh, you're absolutely correct. And they, they, they come under the guise of cultural affairs. There's no more culture. It's all vendors out there selling the same things that you might buy at a wholesale outlet, the same foods, the same vendors. There's nothing cultural about it, but there's a lot of money at stake, a right. lot and, of money at I stake. I mean, the racket is that some nonprofit, usually a religious nonprofit, will have the right to the to the street fair, and then they go to a company that leases the spaces out and everything else. They get the money, meaning the 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 combination of the vendors, the vendor organization, and the parent organization. So, if you want to take away one of these permits, you've got to go to like you know the 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 holy the holy ladies of Guadalupe, whoever it is that controls it. It really is a racket. But I tell you, there's so many of them, and they, I don't think any real New Yorkers actually goes to them. Well, all roads lead to our story, as you know, with the song of Tony Bennett. And uh, Lady Gaga, because it is the separation of two generations. And politically, that's uh, the case. Ever since I set up the Ronald Reagan Republican Club in the heart of Astoria, where you really can't find Republicans. You could fit them all in a closet. A lot of moderate Democrats, but they haven't been coming out because the Democratic Socialists of America have been very strong. They've won every elected seat. And AOC, if you uh, remember, two weeks ago in Atlas Park, summoned all the socialists from around the five boroughs. They had a huge gathering, and she declared it the, so uh, the People's Republic of Astoria announced we won every elected uh, seat 
There are no moderate Democrats, obviously no Republicans in elected office. She, in the she equated herself to Theranos, like that she's going to destroy. Her. You know, I don't. You missed the metaphor there. You know, in that, in that, she said the 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 the, the infinity stones. Each candidate represent another infinity stone. She forgets that when Theranos got them all, they wiped out half the population. I think <laughs> I, I think she forgot that reference. I, I don't. I don't. Think she was just filled with the, the thrill of victory. And the agony of defeat for moderate Democrats, who, Anthony, don't even bother challenging them in primaries any longer. That's how powerful they are. So if you want to take them on politically, you got to go into their house. You don't operate from the outside looking in. I hear all the time people here at WAB, oh, we got to stop the Democratic Socialists. We got to stop Bernie Sanders, AOC, and all their minions. And what are they doing about it? Nothing. Oh, we got to to come up with a plan, right? You got to have a plan. You go into the neighborhood, and you know Astoria very well, even though it's never been a part of your congressional delegation. You know whose delegation it used to be part of on a regular basis, who recently, in the converging of districts, uh, Carolyn Maloney was wiped out, wiped out by Jerry Nadler when they put their two districts together. Carolyn Maloney used to represent Astoria. Right, well, you know, and for people who are not familiar with that part of the world, that was the headquarters of the Valone organizations. Well, Peter Valone, who was the Speaker of the City Council, who famously worked with both Dinkins and Giuliani to hire more cops that help us get it, was a very moderate guy. He was pro-life, actually. So that neighborhood has a tradition of moderate Democrats. It's the, so if people think, oh, it's like Park Slope or whatever it is. No, that actually is an interesting part that you've chosen because they do have a history of a different type of candidate. Well, in fact, there are three major groups. If you tap into them, they're older, but they vote because older people vote, as you see time and time again, especially in off-year elections uh, when you don't have a presidential uh, uh, election polling, uh, you know, an incredible vote. And to me, there are three key uh, groups there that are still there that you could say were part of the cradle of civilization. The Egyptians first, growing in number. True. Long Steinway Street, it's going to be called Egyptian Way. That's how powerful they've become there, both economically and in terms of their residences, Coptic, Muslims. And some big Coptic churches there have sprung up, yeah. Right. Then you have, obviously, the Greeks, and then you have uh, the Italians, and most of them are moderate Democrats, but they don't come out to vote because the Democrats are not challenging the socialists in the Democratic primaries. So we filled the void. And in creating Ronald Reagan, a Ronald Reagan Republican club, who remember his whole thing about Ronald Reagan was he could get along with moderate Democrats. The stories about Tip O'Neill, we negotiate our differences. You don't have the polarization that exists now. Imagine if I called it the Trump Republican Club or the DeSantis Republican Club or whatever. Hey, I'm not walking in there if I'm a Democrat whatsoever. The only way you defeat them, you have to win moderate Democrats. Moderate Democrats are the majority of the Democrats in the city of New York, but increasingly uh, in many neighborhoods, they have nowhere to go because there's no challenges in the primary. And the Democratic Socialists have become very adept. They're highly organized. They put boots on the ground. They go door to door. When they have meetings, they have 300 people. When the moderate Democrats have meetings, they're lucky if they have 30 people, half of whom have jobs through patronage. So they almost have to be there. So we're filling the void. And then you have with AOC and her mini-me, Cabana, who's the city councilwoman, constant attacks on the police, constant. AOC doesn't hold back, and Cabana's actually published a flyer for children uh, that was distributed to a lot of the uh, uh, the moms and dads in the neighborhoods when they would come to fetch their kids at the local public schools. That's how we became aware of it. 
in which it actually teaches the children not to respect the police, not to trust the police, to be fearful of the police. And imagine you're starting them at a very young age with the concept that you don't go to the police when you have a problem. Now, uh, Anthony, I know you grew up uh, in Brooklyn. I grew up in Brooklyn. I was always told, hey, you got a problem, find a police officer. Go to the police officer, tell them what the problem is, and uh, there's a very good chance it's going to be resolved. Now you have the Democratic Socialists who say, never, ever, ever go to the police. Don't call 911, call 311. And if you notice, uh, uh, the pressure is starting to mount on Cabana as a district office, like you had district offices when you were city councilman and also a congressman. It's never open. It's never open for constituent services. AOC was the same way. Oh, you can send us an email. You know, you can text us. Hey, wait a minute. The older people, they don't know how to do that. They used to go into a constituent office, whether it's a pigeon problem, a rat problem, whether it's a problem with city services, sitting there having a cup of coffee and talking to your aide. They don't want to have that contact with people that are not part of their tribe. Yeah, I mean, look. Let's be clear. If you were really interested in winning this seat and moderating, you'd run the the Bill Clinton Moderate Democratic Club. You're running a Republican club, but I, I think that you're right. The answer is ultimately more centrist Democrats. And I think that the mainstream of the Democratic Party, the mainstream voter in Astoria, can believe both things, can believe that there are instances of police misconduct, can believe that cops are frequently called for things that you should have a social worker or a mental health person coming and dealing with, but also that when you're instilling values in our kids, you don't instill them to mistrust and dislike anybody, let alone people that we want them to grow comfortable going up to and saying, I've been law, I'm lost for my mom. Can you help me find her? Or, you know, who, who is it that enforces the law? It's this guy who's got a uniform or this woman that's got a uniform. I think the one thing you never want to do is instilled a sense of distrust about any group. And when I saw the flyer that you sent me, I mean, my thing is, like, if you want to talk to people about what an ideal cop should be, that's fine. If you want to improve our police officers, that's fine. Or you have a critique about the police department, that's fine. When you're speaking to children, it should be respect your teachers, respect police, respect the firemen, respect the EMS workers, respect the, 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 the person at the store who's bagging your groceries. You... This mailer that, that is highlighted in today's New York Post that you got a hold of kind of says to kids in their own language, it's written for kids, saying, beware. And I think that that is – that we have to assume good faith apart on part of everyone. And good faith police officers every day are out there making a good faith effort to do their job the best they can. And the last thing we want to do is reinforcing bad faith to the youngest among us. That should not be the, the values. That and the other thing that the Democratic Socialists don't understand now that they are in elective office, when you go to a cultural event, whether it's sponsored by the growing Egyptian community or the still existing and strong Greek uh, community or the Italian community, you don't talk politics. You talk about their culture. You talk about their history. I've been at these events in a story in other neighborhoods. The elected local official is a liberal progressive Democrat socialist of America. They start talking about, we need more housing, you know, we need more benefits. People, when you get together at a cultural event, it's got to be devoid of politics. And you got to talk about the cultural achievements of these people because they want to feel that you're yeah, connected but I, but to Yeah, but Curtis, them. let me say this. So you got to meet people where they are. You're always going to have people who come up to you 
and say, you know, you know, what, what's Joe Biden doing? And you've got to answer his question or, hey, I, I my, my social security check didn't come. And you're like, I'm not elected to anything yet. But you still want to hear them. And hear no, what no, they have to say. But if- I think that's right. I think here's the, if, if I had a critique and this is a generalization and I, and I just got I just got done saying that you shouldn't do it. There is a certain of condescension on the part of some of the social democrats that they know better than all of us that we've been wrong all these years and it's only going to work if they take over. And that makes it very hard to listen to them, very hard to, to feel embraced by them. You do feel this kind of like they're the invading army and they're coming in and they're going to tell you what's good for you. Um, I think I would love to run, not literally, but I would say I'd run to where you're standing, meaning just to their right. Not crazy out to say, listen, there are some things I think we should fix with the police department. Defunding them is not the answer, but maybe providing them more support. So when they deal with these mental health issues, they're not doing you it see, at the point of a see, gun. Anthony, I'm going to help you and the moderate Democrats take your party back. I don't want you to become Republicans, unlike all parties that try to convert. Say, so, no, you're a hardcore Democrat. You have a strong belief in your values. I know what that's like, having grown up in a Democratic household. Well, I'm going to facilitate I want to help you guys take your moderate Democrats back from the socialists, and then we can have debates. We can air our differences. You'll still be in the majority because the majority of the voters are moderate Democrats. And let the political battles begin and let it be determined at the ballot box. But the way it is now, the moderate Democrats are thinking, maybe they don't want me here. Maybe it's time for me to leave, too. And that's not a healthy sign. Anyway, up next, the City Council of New York. On a day when you thought all of them would have voted, hey, I'm against anti-Semitism, right? Uh, not. On left versus right, Anthony Weiner and yours truly, Curtis Lee, as we take you the rest of this rainy day way. That isn't a fake. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. Greatest rap song of all time, The Message. Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Talking about the Bronx. 1982, uh, Anthony, right after I had started the Guardian Angels. If you ever wanted to know what the Bronx was like back then, all you got to do is listen to the words and this music and uh, the rappers in it describe it because they were living there at the time. But talk about living at a time. Uh, State of Israel had their anniversary this past week. Uh, there were celebrations and there were continued uh, political jostling going on between the left and the right over in Israel, here in America, between Jews. But there was a simple resolution put on the floor of the city council, of which you used to be a member. Simple resolution for the 51 members. I think it was basically we're all opposed to anti-Semitism, right? And uh, they didn't get a slam dunk uh, vote of uh, fifty-one nothing. What, what happened there, Anthony? We, yeah, uh, I mean, this is a this is an important 
time, you know, Yam Yerushalayim, Yam Hatzmot, commemorating the, the Holocaust and different things. I mean, look, we were always very careful in Washington. We never had, while Jewish members of Congress gathered together and we had a meal and we would sometimes, we were always careful never to have a Jewish caucus because we didn't want to reinforce the stereotypes. And also we didn't want to give any of our colleagues a reason to stand up and be against the Jewish. So we never did. We So you can argue that maybe you're just poking the bear to have a resolution. But this one was so simple. It basically said we're against hate of Jewish people and got some a couple of abstentions. I got a couple of people voting against because they chose it as a time to make a point about the Palestinians. And by the way, I would hope that that, you know, if you put an anti-hate resolution of any sort on the floor of the New York City Council, it would pass because no matter what your view about politics, we should understand that this hateful the hate the hate that's out there now is causing people to be attacked, you know, in all kinds of different walks of life. I'm not terribly surprised. I'll be honest with you. I'm not. You know, we have a little bit of a problem on our left when it comes to the blurring of the line between anti-Semitic, you know, people who have chosen to see the cause of Israel as a reason for them to be not so subtly anti-Semitic. We have seen that there are a lot of people who have seen that they are in a tacit way kind of saying, oh, you know, attacks against Jews are okay because of some political question they have. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Well, you know, um, it's also a problem on the far right. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who has become the new face of the Republican uh, Party, or Facha Bruta, uh, has made some of the craziest anti-Semitic statements that she then goes away and tries to wash away like it's an etch sketch It's clearly... Not a very bright woman, but the point is she just bleats out these conspiracies about Jews. You have it on the far left. You have it on the far right. Uh, maybe the only time sometimes the far left and the far right agree is that we hate the Jews. Right. We it comes, blame it them kind for of comes, it comes from a different place. On the far right, you've got this, this white nationalist kind of conspiracy thing. The Jews are running the world. On the left, it's because they have, don't understand, like, they see Israel and Judaism as kind of synonymous. And so it's perfectly fine if you want to have a conversation about Israel, I'll have it with you all day. But very often it bleeds over. And, and, and then they, they kind of seem to have this unifying force and like throwing George Soros's name around as a way of kind of like saying it without saying it. Um, but I, you know, listen, the far right has its issues, but my concern about progressives is that they have forgotten when they're critical of Israel, is they've forgotten, they've kind of turned the David and Goliath story on its head and don't realize that the reason why progressives for generations have been supportive of Israel is that they're the underdog. They're the one country surrounded by 20 countries that are surround, that, that surround them that are at a state of war with them. They're the ones that have picked this spit of land that no one else wanted and now everyone is attacking them for it. But it was, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing, I think, for the people that voted no and abstained. But there's another thing about this. You you kind of know when when you have a vote like that, you kind of get people on the record. You kind of get to know a little bit about who they are and let them go into an election now defending voting against well, anti-Jewish hate. Another reason for me to open up a Ronald Reagan Republican Club where you used to uh, be the elected uh, leader. You actually grew up there, Park Slope. The city councilwoman there, Hanifa, had led the effort to say, no, I'm voting no against this. Uh, and you say to yourself, wait a second. Uh, Park Slope, obviously now considered like Astoria, you know, the home of Democratic Socialists of America in Brooklyn. They're very strong there. So when you disagree with them, you don't do it from the outside barking, you know. Uh, uh, uh. No, you go into the neighborhood and then you say, 
Do you all believe this? Is this what you believe? Not just Jews, but also Gentiles. And you take them on on the issues. And then you see what the voters determine yeah. at the ballot box. And just, just so we all have a right context about this, every year 85% of Jews vote for the Democratic candidates. Yes. Jews are by and large Democratic. And even in the community I came from, there's two reformed synagogues. I was bar mitzvah at one of them at Union Temple. Garfield Temple is the other. It's like the sharks and the jets of the little uh, reformed Jewish kids. Um, those things are those those synagogues are so reformed they're not even open on Saturday. Well, I tell a- you what, this is incredible. I think we have our keynote speaker. When I cut the ribbon for the Ronald Reagan uh, uh, Club in Park Slope, a uh, Republican club, you, Anthony Weiner, it's we're opening right on the block where Bill De Blasio and his wife Charlie live, Eleventh Eleventh uh, Street and Seventh Avenue. It's right in the epicenter. Anthony, you'll be our keynote you're, speaker, you're, right? You're opening up a club in Park Slope? Of course. Oh, good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell Fran Wiener when she's done at the co-op, the food co-op, to go down there with her hemp <laughs> oh, bag. Oh, please. Maybe I'll have your mom speak on behalf of teachers. <laughs> she'll actually go down there with her hemp bag and her and her kale, and she'll, uh, and, and yeah, she'll, that she'll go down there. Yeah, that's what we want. Well, good luck with that. But, the real, the, but, you, but you're not doing this on the level because you're a Republican. Why don't you should come join us? In the Democratic Party, you're moderate no, for your party. But you see, the philosophy here is I don't want Democrats to join Republicans or Republicans to join Democrats. I want them to be who they are. I just want moderate Democrats to get their party back so that they can compete in a place like Park Slope, which they don't even run candidates. What I would say to Hanifa and all the socialists, because they really don't know the history of Israel, I'd say, excuse me, are you aware that Israel is a socialist country? When I first went there... You got to see socialism in full effect. You couldn't get anything done with the government. It required layers and layers of paperwork. It was bureaucratic. It was very socialistic. They are one of their, they're, not only are they a socialist country, they're one of the most successful econo- countries economically in the world. Right, but more I'm, patents there per, per, per thousand people, more technology, all in a spit of land that doesn't have oil. It is just a, a barren. They have turned that country around. Socialism did it for them, pal. Yes, yeah, there's no doubt. And I would educate them on that. They would be non-believers about that. They would say, no, it's pure Zionism. It's, it's what the capitalists use to take the lands from the Palestinians. And that's why we need you, Anthony Weiner, as a proud Zionist, as a former member of that coalition on the far left, although now you would be considered a conservative Democrat in areas like that. You and your mom to take the position <laughs> with the Israeli flag, the American flag. We got our opening night speakers. We got Don't talk about mother, my mother and son. Don't talk about my mother. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Think about it, Anthony. Wow, that right. would that would create political. Um, what can we call it? a political explosion throughout Democrats saying, "Wow, maybe they're onto something here." Because they were really not doing anything to try to slow down the growth of the Democratic Socialists of America in their party. They're growing. They're young, they're ideological, they have the energy, while the old Althakakas are taking Ben Gay Bats. Come on out to Park Slope, right? You think you could uh, talk to your friend Bill de Blasio to put the bong down, him and Charlie, and attend our <laughs> meeting? What do you think? Come on, Anthony. Come on, I'll, I'll, I'll forgive him. To, I'll give him to, to, he, de Blasio has always been good on Israel. Yes, he has. But he's welcome to the meeting. Not, not that You know for me. For me to say that, that's putting a lot of things aside, right? But he'll give me wolf tickets. He'll give me wolf tickets. Anyway, up next, oh, I, I got to go back to your uh, your analogy about Trump and Biden and some of the other things that affect us nationally, because you are spot on with that one poll that indicates Americans hate both, but are given the choice of being a hater of both. 
Ultimately, they'd hold their nose and vote for Biden if it's Biden and Trump. Either that or RFK Jr. We can talk about that, too. Oh, absolutely. Right here on Left versus Right. I know you're all, you're all getting soggy and wet and wondering, when will this rain ever end? Don't worry about it. It gives you more of a chance to listen to us here at WABC. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. I see. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. I'm falling and I can't get up. Where's my medic alert? Where's my medic alert? You almost get the impression at any moment, Anthony Weiner, that's going to be the fate of our president, Joe Biden. He really looks old. Uh, but you were talking uh, in your first hour in the middle of the polling data, the analytics. And sure, you go to each other's tribe. You got the hardcore elements. Biden do or die. Trump do or die. But then when you go to the masses of people and the expected vote, the independents uh, are not breaking for Trump. The women are not breaking for Trump. And even if Biden is even more impaired, I'm telling you, because I'm out in the streets, people look at me, they see the big R in front of Curtis Lewa. They see the red beret. They think it represents red, you know, MAGA red, which it does not. And so I become sort of absorption of this. And as bad as Joe Biden is physically, as the aesthetics are bad, people will still vote for him over Donald Trump. And I say this to be, oh, what, you're crazy. You're out of your mind. No. Look at the analytics. I tell them nationally there are 10 million more women voters. That is the total voter outcome in the state of Texas. 10 million votes just out of the state of Texas. They broke for Biden. That's why Trump is no longer president of the United States. Honey, oh, election denied. They stole it. Nobody wants to hear that crap. Nobody wants to go back to 2020. So if we're going to play the, hey, they stole the election in 2020. If Biden survives physically and doesn't die while he's in office, he'll be the next president of the United States if the Republican nominee is Trump. I think that's right. I mean, look, the... Despite the fact that Biden won fairly comfortably, four and a half million votes or so, fairly comfortable in Electoral College, it's still very, very close in 2020. Wisconsin was a couple of points. Pennsylvania was a couple of points. As we know that North Carolina and and, and Georgia were a couple of points. These things are close enough that if the Republicans fielded someone besides Trump, I think it's a good it would be a good year for Republicans. I mean, let's remember something. People look at at the past midterm elections. But if you go back to 2016, ever since Trump arrived as the, the, the icon of the Republican party, they lost in 17. Virginia went from a, a purple state to being a solid blue state. 2018, the Democrats won the biggest sweep they've had in Congress since the Watergate days. 2020, obviously Trump lost comfortably. 2022, you saw those midterms, which should have been great time for 
Trump has infected the party pretty badly. Once you remove him, suddenly the Democrats are very vulnerable. And Joe Biden, look, I'm a Democrat. I'm going to vote for him. But I have to tell you, you know, they had some some video of him with the South Korean president. And the South Korean president, although he doesn't speak English, he had energy. He sung American Pie. He did this, this riff in English. And then we have our president who quite literally, when you're holding on to your chair, waiting for something to, for him to topple over or something. All that being said, that being all being prologue, if the election were held today, Biden would beat Trump again. And if it happens in November of 2024, Biden is going to win again. And that, that those seem to be the breaks. I don't think that they, Un, that's- unless there is a war, unless there is a depression or a very bad recession. Uh, I don't see women changing their minds. And, you know, guys, they talk a lot of trash. It's mostly guys on talk radio. Most of the hosts on talk TV, talk radio are guys. Yeah, 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 Trump, Trump, Trump. Then I've gone up to guys and said, hey, when'd you vote? What? Election day? Yeah, it already passed. You know, you had early voting. You could have voted by paper. You didn't vote. And yet you are, you are on your soapbox there talking a lot. Of trash. Women, for the most part, Quiet, silent, they take this like a vocation, they go and vote. And even though about half the relationships in America today uh, lead to divorce or separation, so it's not your traditional mom, pop, and, uh, you know, your brothers and sisters. Man, women are voting differently. I mean, guys, you got to wake up. You think guys determine who's going to become the president of the United States? No way. It doesn't happen anymore. Well, the other thing, and this is sometimes hard for people to understand because if they're listening to shows like this, they're fairly invested in politics. The more casual voters are the ones that vote just for the presidential election. Yes. That's the, they're the more casual voters. And actually, they're the ones that choose the president. All of us who are in a camp, a blue camp or a red camp, we're a Biden person, we're a Trump camp, we're locked in. It's that, though, that 10 to 15 percent in the middle that are casual, more casual voters, and they take the choices that are in front of them. And if the choices in front of them are Trump and Biden, they are going to break for Biden. If the choices in front of them are DeSantis, Biden, I think they're going to break for DeSantis. If the choices in them are Trump, Harris, I think they break for Harris. I think it's just a matter of these two guys are so unpopular that it's just a matter of the devil in the deep blue sea. And, and, and the polls seem to bear out the idea that in the, in the race of unpopularity, Trump is more unpopular than Biden is. And you and, see, you know, also, what will happen is uh, guys who say, well, I hear a lot of women call up at WABC. They love Trump. You know, they disparage Biden. I said, that is not a proper sample of the women of America. you got to have conversations with women in America who are not political apparatchiks or the Democrats or Republicans. They're bringing their children or their grandchildren to the park or school or shopping and just have a casual conversation with them. Quote, I could never, ever, ever vote for that guy, Trump. I voted for him in 2016. I consider it a mistake. I will never vote for him again. Let, but let me and, ask, and women did break for Trump in 2016, and they haven't since. Yeah, let me ask you a question, though, because you have more experiences than I. Our listeners, how do they they skew? Do they skew mail? Because the callers definitely skew mail. Oh, there's no doubt. But it's do our listeners? But do our listeners skew mail? Mail or just call or people no, who no. want to call in and yell? We, 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 we skew mail. It's uh, heavily laced testosterone. Uh, a lot of women, you know, who are, are not hardcore apparatchiks don't want to listen to it. That's why they have women's only radio. You know, W O R. They find a home of their own there. But you'll find a lot of them are not into listening to hardcore. Uh, political talk, whether on TV. 
TV or on radio. So, for instance, if you look at Tucker Carlson, right? Very successful on talk TV. People almost created a cult about him. Oh, Tucker, he speaks for us. He's a populist. I say to people, they're actors. They're actresses. I know. Tucker Carlson was at MSNBC. He was wearing a bow tie. He was a liberal, moderate libertarian who asked me to substitute for him one week when he was doing the 10 o'clock show. Please don't destroy my audience (laughs) because I got to go out on vacation with my family. I agreed to do it. My first guest was Rachel Maddow. She wasn't on TV yet. She was on uh, the failed venture of um, uh, Air America. She was reading from her index cards because she reads. People don't understand. These people are not impromptu. It's not like talk radio here. Everything, they're looking right into the lens of that camera in which the teleprompter is running. The producers are screaming at them. Don't you veer away. This is highly produced. You got to be a good reader to be on talk TV. And they're thinking that, oh, Tucker Carlson, he says it like it is. He's a populist. Well, if you look at the life and times of Tucker Carlson, you'll notice when he had a chance to take over for Bill O'Reilly, all they did was say, take the bow tie off. That reminds people of George Will, country club Republicans. You're going to become a populist. Yeah, 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 yeah. You want the 8 o'clock slot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And notice, O'Reilly went. They put him in. They didn't miss a beat. It's the gonna, real estate. And that's going to happen again this time, that whoever this is, the next guy, he's going to adopt some persona that is going to be market tested. My prediction. It won't be a guy. It'll be Tulsi, Tulsi Gabbard. Gabbard. And no. I'll tell you what. It's a heavily male medium. And she's eye candy. Plus smart. Yeah. Good presenter. Also, there's nothing they love more than a Democrat, quote unquote, who's then, you know, switched over and come yeah. to the other side. Yeah. yeah, but she has. That's been a part of her basis. Remember, she right. supported Bernie Sanders against Hillary. Uh, she was pretty no, much. exactly. Right. Exactly. She was exiled. And she's also, there is... The same kind of like just repeat lines and repeat ethos over and over again in the politics world that there is in TV. It's a very similar type of thing. I can totally see it. Apparently, they have some young African-American guy I don't recognize. Yeah, 30-year-old guy. It's his week. Right. But I want to tell I think you're right. I think that history shows us that, you know, there's, oh, my God, Tucker Carlson, the world's not going to continue. Or, you know, yes, they'll let someone else go in there. Remember Glenn Beck, Vapors, Glenn Beck had nominated 5 o'clock at the Fox News Channel. Right. He was professorial. He had the blackboard. He had the, oh, he's brilliant. And at the end of every program, he was, uh, uh, the guy has an emotional breakdown, right? There's something wrong with the guy. Right. So he decided he was too big for his britches. He was bigger than the Murdochs and the Fox. I'm going to Texas. I'm starting my own network work what happened to him crickets you crickets. don't you don't hear anything about the yeah. guy the guy is not even relevant you look at megan kelly she left she wasn't forced down she went for the money nbc was a disaster yeah. she should have stayed at the fox news channel uh I, i've seen people in talk radio they get too big for their britches they think they're bigger than the network they're on themselves. It would be like if all of a sudden, and I told you this uh, early on, Anthony, when you came into radio, I said they lend you the microphone each day and they take it away at the end of the day. And you may not get the microphone the next day, no matter who the hell you think you are, because this medium will survive with you or without you. It's the real estate. People listen to WABC. Oh, imagine if they whacked me, right? All of a sudden they did something or they just decided we're moving on, Curtis. People, uh, Curtis, WABC, always broadcasting, Curtis. Next week, whoever replaced me, you know, that guy is starting to grow on me. Uh, yeah. 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 By, by the month later, Curtis who? 
That's the way life no, is. I, I, I think, and they have been in the last week, a lot of these stories that, oh, my God, at 8 o'clock, Fox is now hemorrhaging and these other guys, Newsmax, whatever, is picking up. I agree with you. Whoever the new person is, they're going to run bus ads and they're going to have their outrageous things that they say that are going to be market tested and they'll be smooth. I think Tulsi Gabbard is an excellent guest, an excellent guess on who that is, that who that that's going to be. But you're exactly right. I mean, that's ultimately the assessment. These are smart people over at Fox. They know the formula. And they know the formula is that they can take one guy out and put it because they've done it before. They do it with Glenn Beck. Look, there were so many similarities between Fox News Channel and WABC. They're number one in talk TV. We're number one in talk radio. People leave it on all day long. Yeah. 55 plus. They leave it on all day long. They tell me, hey, I listen in the morning. I lit overnight. I listen to Anthony on the weekend. They religiously listen. Where are they going to go? Wait, Newsmax? Where the hell can you even find Newsmax any longer? They've been knocked off the dial. I mean, where are you going to go? Same thing with talk radio. You're going to go to WOR, Women's Only Radio. It's like, huh? No, 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 no. You don't go to the minor leagues. You stick with the major leagues. It's like the New York Yankees, whether they have a winning season or not a winning season. What would you rather be, the MVP on the Kansas City uh, Royals? <laughs> or on the bench of the New York Yankees. Of course you want to be on the bench of the New York Yankees. Right. This We're not reinventing anything here. So this idea, oh, it's me, I'll never listen again, I'll never watch Fox News Channel. Within a week they're watching. Oh, that, that, you know, that African-American guy, he's pretty good. Okay, he's, he's not Tucker Carlson. Oh, and they... They'll do a rotation, but the other, and but then the, they'll do focus groups, and they'll finally pick the interchangeable and, part. And let's remember something about Tucker Carlson. He actually said he was on MSNBC. He was on CNN. He was even on PBS back in the day. With the bow tie. It, like it, it, and then, boom, suddenly he's a success because you put him on at 8 o'clock at Fox. That's Yes, that, yeah, makes, that makes sense. They sat him down, and we can equate this to politics. We have uh, Gillibrand, the junior senator of New York, running for re-election. So far, it seems like the Republicans are going to give her a pass. I cannot for the life of me understand this. She's not strong like Chuck Schumer. In fact, she was in hibernation for a while. A lot of people thought she might not run for re-election, but she's back. She's running. And it doesn't even seem that anybody in the Democratic Party wants to jostle with her. Maybe AOC will see, unless all of a sudden that changes. But you remember when your mentor, Chuck Schumer, went to her and said, you got a chance to replace Hillary in the Senate. Except bye-bye Annie Oakley, bye-bye Second yeah, Amendment, bye-bye yeah, yeah. moderate uh, conservative Democrat. You've got to melt your guns. You've got to be <laughs> anti-guns. And you obviously have to be first and foremost out there in the front ranks to get the Hillary vote. She changed in a heartbeat. Because yep. that's the way these people are. So for all of you who think they're purely ideological, whether they're in politics or talk TV or talk radio... I know almost all of them. They're actors and actresses. Give them a script. Yeah, yeah, I can become U.S. Senator. If I no longer am Manny Oakley, I'll start melting down my gun barrels right here and turn them into plowshares. Come on, you've seen this so many times. Why do you people keep getting fooled again and again? Oh, Tucker Carlson, they forced him off. No, he called the top Fox executive a female the C-word over and over and over. You tell me what the hell you're going to do when you tell him you can't do that. And he goes, you know who I am? I'm Tucker Carlson. And I said, okay, you're going to get an attitude readjustment. You fire it. Now we'll see what happens. I hope the best for him, but quite frankly, it'll never be as good as it is at 8 o'clock on the Real Estate of the Fox News Channel for O'Reilly, for uh, Megyn Kelly, for Glenn Beck, for any of these folks 
Remember, I was four years at AM 970, the answer. AM drive, PM drive, every day. Hey, I, I wasted four years of my <laughs> life. I want four years of my life back. Thank God it came back to WABC, my place to be. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Sliwa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest on New York's news and talk station 77 WABC. Hillbilly music. The hell this guy, man. Diego. Madonna, my. But anyway, Anthony Weiner, RFK Jr., did you ever have a chance to meet him? Uh, because he uh, was very active in our area, clean water, the Hudson River. Uh, obviously, uh, before he became the big anti-vaxxer, uh, he was welcomed into all democratic arenas yeah know, he, was, he was he legacy w- he was a ma- yeah he was legacy he was a mainstream democratic guy frequently his name would come up around the u.s senate here in new york he had this organization i think called riverkeeper i worked with him a little bit his organization at least when we were cleaning up newtown creek um and somewhere he went around the bend and somewhere he's now considered kind of a fringe guy within the party um but you know even fringe guys i mean that's who we kind of have we have him marion williamson Arguably, in this Democrat and Republican side, you have similar things. One overwhelming favorite and everyone else looking for crumbs. At least the people looking for crumbs on the Republican side are serious people. I mean, a former governor, Nikki Haley, a senator, Scott Hutchison, a former – these are serious guys. Marianne Williamson, you know, she wrote a book that some people found interesting um, and RFK Jr., who who was on with Katz and Cosby this week, he sounds a little bit – I'm not really sure what his rationale. It seems like he's attacking Biden from the from the left, saying that he that Biden is too conservative, where most Republicans probably think that Biden is too lefty. Um, but but his, his voice needs to be heard. He has been around. It's not like he's a Johnny come lately. He's been involved in a lot of political activities. So uh, a lot of Democrats. Don't. Has he, though? Sure, he has. I mean, he's been involved in issues. He's been involved in environmental issues. He's been involved in this anti-vaccine campaign. When it wasn't popular, the environmental issues he was involved in. I mean, the blowback well, that he got in cleaning up the Hudson River was phenomenal, including including from moderate Democrats. Like, it's going to affect the economy. Why are you hooking up with that uh, commie playing his banjo there, Pete Seeger? Right, but and all he was those taking people. on he was taking on GE up, you know, and things like that. Look. Yeah, I mean environmentalists, but they're 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 they've always been popular within. I mean, he was probably if you did a poll ten, fifteen years ago, he'd be in, uh, universally seen as a popular figure. He's now frittered that away. Yeah, but look, he's in nineteen percent in the Democratic polls. I think uh, some of that is just the anger that the only choice and, and they have is and uh, Kennedy, you know, right? Kennedy. And and the fact that he does an interview for ABC News and they cut out, they leave on the cutting room floor. The anti-vax stuff. Now, yeah, that's like when Tucker Carlson did the interview with Kanye West and Kanye started spewing anti-Semitism in the middle of that interview. You know where the anti-Semitism ended up? Like it had so many times before 
on the cutting room floor. Let Americans hear what people stand for. Let them make choices. Don't editorialize the interviews. That's ridiculous. You can't say that I'm anti-vax and run for office in the United States now. Here's the difference. Look, all the time when Noam Layton's cutting the news, he'll decide what quotes to leave in and what quotes to leave out. That happens all the time. The idea that you don't edit someone's interview down – Tucker Carlson did it with, 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 I'm probably, well, actually, they, they did show that whole thing, but I mean, it happens all the time. But here's the difference. So much of RFK's identity in 2023 is his anti-vaxxing thing. That's not what you leave out. Now, you can say when you're done, we want to do a fact check on this and here goes, or you have an, someone else come on and say, let's do a fact check on that. But I don't think as someone who doesn't support RFK, who thinks he's an anti-vaxxing whack job, I, how do I make that case if you're not going to even put it on the air? And this is the same mistake, and I don't want to kick this dead horse, but it's the same problem with the Hunter Biden thing. You can both say this is clearly some kind of rubbish that the Russians want us to see, and you make it available so people can look at it. I think this whole idea that editorial decisions are let's try to make sure that everything is 100% true before we put it on the air, that's what you you can do a fact check. But I think not including that, he's right. What he's wrong about is this idea that every interview he does during the whole campaign, you have to put on the air in its entirety. No, they, they can no, edit it. No, interview. no, but let's face it. That's been a part of his mantra uh, in the last two decades. Correct. He wrote uh, a New York Times uh, uh, top-selling book about this, about Fauci. All of a sudden, you're going to eliminate that. And more importantly, this whole concept that Biden and Trump uh, uh, should be coronated. No debates. Let me remind Donald Trump, without debates, without being able to debate all 17 of your challenges, when you were behind in the polls to Jeb Bush and Ted Cruz, you imagine if both of them said, we don't need to debate the rest of these folks. It should just be me and you, Ted, Jeb Bush and Ted. How ridiculous. And then for Republicans to agree to that, oh, he shouldn't have to debate and Joe Biden shouldn't have to debate. Hey, look. You have candidates and we're paying for this election. People don't realize taxpayers right, pay for this right. election. These two parties have a sweetheart deal. The independent parties get nothing. You get tax dollars. You get up on the stage. You debate. How come when you weren't a favorite, you couldn't wait to debate? Now, all of a sudden, you're the favorite. You don't want debates? Well, that's the thing. I mean, so he he came on with, with, with Rita and John this week and said, I could be crazy to debate. Why would I debate? Well, here's the answer to the question. You want to be the president of the United States. You have to show that you can answer questions. But let's remember about Donald Trump. He didn't show up at a Fox News debate because he was upset with Fox. He didn't. He sabotaged the second debate with Biden. He doesn't like debating because people hold him into account. Well, and Biden is not going to want to debate either. And I think he should debate. Noogies, get up on the stage. Both of them. Debate and let the people make the decisions. 100%. Not a coronation. What happened to the teachings that we had, the Lincoln-Douglas debates? Seven debates throughout the state of Illinois. Douglas was favored for the U.S. Senate seat. Nobody knew Lincoln. Three and a half hours at a pop. Too. Right. And so he permitted... Abraham Lincoln to have an equal stage. Now, Lincoln lost the U.S. Senate race and went on to become the face of the new Republican Party and win a very embattled election to become president of the United States. That's the whole concept in America. Get up on the stage. Let the people listen. They'll come to their own conclusions. Now it's like... You have 30 seconds to determine how you're going to deal with the $33 trillion debt. This is why I'm going to send Fran Wiener to the stat, yes. the, the Park Slope uh, Ronald Reagan Republican Club. We're opening up. I want your mom to be our keynote speaker. We're taking it to the socialists. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I'll be more than happy to introduce her. Oh, up next, Rob Astorino.